Welcome to The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families, centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, here on AM 1160 The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. This is Craig Wiesmeyer with my awesome co-host, John and Mari. Guys, what are we thinking about today? I'm, I'm just impressed you called us awesome. That's what I'm... <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> I'm just impressed by his inclusiveness because he referred to you as guys. Oh, that was pretty cool, <laughs> I'm finally. from the North, sorry. That's all right. No, no. no actually, y'all. I grew up saying guys as well, and I my did, cousins were all Southerners, and they would say, we're not guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, okay. it's, uh, How are you both? Doing well. Doing awesome. Doing well. Yeah. Great. Uh, yeah, it's interesting, the topic we have today, because, you know, in our church, we talk so much about how we engage culture and how we evangelize. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very few of us do it in an, what I'll call an active basis, where you're standing on the street actually doing it. And we have two gentlemen in the uh, in the audience, no, sorry, in the studio today that actually are doing that, and they're doing it full time. What are your thoughts on the whole idea of evangelization? It took me a long time to even be able just to speak about my faith. I think one of the awesome things about moving to the South for me was the the culture in the South is much more open to faith dialogue. Mm -hmm. For me, that was like a green light that said, it's okay to do this. And so I developed a comfort level that I, so to do it, what what our guests are gonna do is still impressive to me. Yeah, yeah, for me too, coming, moving to the South, same thing, I moved to the South when I was about 18 and, didn't understand what a witness was, what a testimony right. was. And over time, um, actually, I went to a Curcio at 23, and that's what changed my life. And I learned how to have my own faith story. But having your faith story and, and sharing it with people you know um, or people who are interested and excited to hear about it is one thing. But going out there and potentially to people who might even be um, negative, have have maybe have some wounds of, from the church or from religion in general – or who are antagonistic in mm-hmm. any way, that mm-hmm. takes a whole new level of Holy Spirit yeah. conviction and Holy Spirit power to do that. So I'm so excited to hear from our guests and their stories today. I think you're going to be surprised. I was surprised just in our preparing conversations. You, I think you're going to be surprised by some of what you hear, some of the things that you would think kind of get debunked mm-hmm. a little bit. So it's exciting. It'll be good. Very much so. Yeah. Before we dive into that, though, um, since, John, you are the resident prayer warrior, do you mind opening us some prayer? be happy to do that. We'll begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for our guests. We thank you for the wisdom and the outpouring of your Holy Spirit that just enables us to do the things that you would have us do. Your Son said that if we deny him before men, he would deny us before you. And Father, that's the last thing we want. So we just ask you to open our minds and open our hearts that what we hear today will touch that place in our heart will touch that flame that will reignite that flame or will burn, make that flame burn harder and hotter and brighter that we might be part of the evangelization plan you have for the people who you love and the people who you want to bring back to you. Father, we ask you to bless this time and we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin. 
Amen. 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 Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we've been talking about our guests, but let's introduce you to our guests. So we have in the studio with us today, Clarence Burkholder and Ryan Lee, and both of them are here with St. Paul Street Evangelization. Uh, Brian is actually the National Director of Evangelization Teams, and he and his wife and two children are here in the Atlanta area. And Clarence um, is actually one of the college evangelists. He's the Atlanta, Georgia area team leader and he specializes in going out to universities in Georgia and evangelizing and Clarence lives he and his wife live here in the Atlanta area as well they have four kids and 14 grandchildren so Mm -hmm. um, that is so awesome so guys we are so thankful that you came to spend time with us today thank you for bringing us on yes thank you for having Brian and I on it's such a pleasure to be here in the family room and share our uh, our our experience in evangelizing uh, on the street and at colleges. That is great. And yes. Yeah, we, um, we, Clarence is actually, his voice may sound familiar because Clarence has actually been on some of our pledge drives and helped volunteer here at the Quest before, which is great. So, Clarence, we thank you for that. Yes. So, before we hear about the specifics of the uh, street evangelization, um, why don't you fill us in a little bit about your faith journeys in life? Because what you're doing mm-hmm. is so huge. Were mm-hmm. both of you born and raised Catholic? Did anybody convert? Mm-hmm. Why don't you individually mm-hmm. kind of give us a quick... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Clarence. Yes, yeah, glad glad to share my uh, faith story. And uh, I actually evangelized at uh, three days a week and um, to over 20 colleges in four states. Wow. And oh, I so got, not just Georgia. Okay. It's not just Georgia, yeah. Okay. And I, I got there uh, from somewhere, and I was <laughs> I was raised a Mennonite in Pennsylvania. Okay, and uh, you know they uh, they they uh, reject infant baptism or scripture alone. And up the street from the church, just we were in the country, but just the city right nearby had a Catholic church named uh, Mary Gate of Heaven, huh. and that was like a mystery to me. You know what's that all about? as a Mennonite. And the Mennonites uh, uh, are conscientious objectors due to their faith. And Mm -hmm. so I was drafted and went to Denver and worked in a uh, hospital. It was actually Sisters of Mercy Catholic Hospital. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the Mennonites go into the Catholic hospital. And I was an x-ray orderly there uh, for part of the time. And I met my wife in the hospital. And so I had uh, a room, uh, uh, one of the rooms, a roommate to my wife who was there, an elderly lady, and she uh, had candies and really was very friendly to me. And so I would stop up and see her frequently. And then when my wife moved into the second bed, I uh, I went up often. <laughs> I was very att- uh, drawn and attracted to her, but I was a timid, a timid uh, private person, uh-huh. and um, so I didn't have the nerve to ask her out. Uh, so the last minute, I went, forced myself up to her room to ask her uh, out, and her dad checked her out early. Oh, and so uh, my lady friend uh, uh, gave me her phone number. <laughs> So, so I, she had candy and sweets. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so with her phone number, I called her three times. And the third time, the first thing I did is ask her. And then that started my relationship with her. So later on, we ended up in Rockford, Illinois. And, um, and, and 
I was a Mennonite and had a faith in God and a commitment to go to church. And my wife, Kathy, was a Catholic, had a faith in God and a commitment to go to church, but neither one could have defended our faith. Mm. But we had a deep a, a, a faith in that sense. So, so anyway, uh, we were invited to marriage encounter, something brand new that we don't do the extra things. We just went to mass. And so we had one child, and this was kind of a big deal. And they helped us with uh, child care and got us on this weekend. And so uh, I'm I'm on this Catholic uh, uh, marriage retreat, and the couples, the team couples, the leaders, were talking about their faith and their life. And, and this Catholic faith was very deep and impressive. Mm. And so... Uh, so the weekend helped me give my heart to her and helped her give her heart to me. I think we could call that love. <laughs> and so uh, and so somehow by the end of the retreat, the 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 which was uh, Friday through Sunday, uh, God's grace touched my heart. And what I mean is uh, the center of my being was all about me mm-hmm. and what happened by God's grace, it became more about God and more about others, my wife, children, other people. I had a, I had a changed life. Wow. And uh, it's why I'm here today. And it's why I'm doing what I'm doing today because of that event. Mm. And so, uh, so from then on, uh, ministry, uh, I started doing ministry. The, the first main thing I thought was, I'm going to join my wife in faith. And I hadn't been opposed to Catholicism, but no one invited me or said anything. But I would go to Mass with my wife, and she'd go to a church with me, and, and it was no big deal. So now I entered RCIA for the purpose of being in union with her. And uh, so I had a little bit of protest in me, not much. But, uh, but when I hear the faith explained in the class, it made sense, and mm-hmm. I accepted it. However, I, I still had uh, one little thing I would sort of hang on to, and that was I thought the mega Protestant church minister had a grip on the Bible. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. would do that some, attend that some. But I was fully invested in Catholicism. And over time, I learned that, well, the Catholic church has the fullness of grace and truth, thanks to Christ, and the uh, our separated brethren uh, don't have the fullness and so I became more fully steeped within Catholicism. And so I, uh, uh, you know, I, I've, uh, through ministry, I taught some uh, Little Rock scripture programs, caused me to deeply study commentaries and stuff at a few churches. And I facilitated uh, Father Michael Gately retreats mm. and uh, uh, 33 Days to Morning Glory mm-hmm. and also, uh, my wife and I and, and went to Medjugorje uh, several times. But the first time I was there, they told me that I could go on the mountain near the grotto where the visionary would appear in the morning. And if I spend the night in the mountain, I could be really close, maybe within eight feet. And I did that mm. as an older man. And so uh, I was there, and the visionary came up in the morning and uh, Mary appears to her, this visionary, and I'm there, uh, present and watching. And something happened to me mm. by God's grace again. And, 
And uh, what happened, I believe, because I've heard this, that I became consecrated to Mary through my presence at the apparition. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, expressed in uh, things like when I got home, I built altars all over my house. Oh, wow. And, uh, and they're still there today as prayer symbols, you know. And I started praying the rosary, and I experienced signs and wonders for maybe a couple of years hmm. and uh, that were like from God through Mary. And and so uh, so I had this encounter at Marriage Encounter where I committed my heart to Christ and um, and I became, I should say, an, an extrovert, uh, an introvert turned into an extrovert. Hmm. And so today I'm an extrovert and my wife got a new husband in that marriage <laughs> retreat, which I'm not sure she was liking, but it was a good thing. So, so, so How and, amazing. And yeah. how cool how God just drew you through so many different experiences and then allowed you to keep on growing as well as sharing with other people. Because yes. not only were you growing, but you were also sharing your faith but through all the different like little rock and teaching other yes. people as you yes. learn to you are here in the family room we are here today with clarence burkholder and brian lee from the saint paul street evangelization ministry do you want to give brian a shot here sure yeah i'm uh born and raised here in atlanta i went to saint john newman as a kid and that's where i got baptized and uh being the fourth of six kids i'm still to this day um cannot believe my mom got us all in the car to get to mass but we were always a few minutes late so what's really funny saint john newman has a new church now uh but growing up i was in their older church which for whatever reason i don't know why the architect did this they had a brick wall between like the seats and the altar so if you went all the way to the right you couldn't even see what was going on in mass Um, and those were always the seats that were available if you showed up a few minutes late (laughs) with six kids so my experience of mass growing up was normally just hearing what was going on, not really seeing very much, uh, and playing with my brothers and sisters and watching a lot of people recite all these prayers that I thought one day I would never be able to memorize. I was always <laughs> like, that is unbelievable how they know all these prayers. Um, and it, it really wasn't until high school. I mean, I will say that there was something that was instilled in me. I don't want to, uh, even though I didn't fully understand what was going on, I'm so grateful because there definitely was grace and I always had a heart for God. I always mm-hmm. believed in him. I always knew it was good. It was never like any question of, of mine, um, but it wasn't anything that was really the center of my being. And uh, in high school, they actually offered a retreat um, and they also had pizza and there were some girls going. So my <laughs> intentions were not definitely pure and wanting to get to know God, but the hook. I was grateful is. for the free food and the opportunity for some community and to, to meet some girls. Uh, but they had Eucharist, Eucharistic adoration at that retreat. And I will say I had probably, even as growing up Catholic, I didn't really even understand that we believe Jesus was present in the Eucharist. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, but I encountered him in a profound way in adoration in a high school retreat and i would say from that moment forward that i knew that i just wanted to live my life for god it didn't mean i became a saint i certainly made mistakes but every time i got down i knew so grateful for our catholic faith and confession and the ability to um, just continue the return to god with my whole heart and him continue to give his mercy upon me and so um with that as i continue to walk forward and uh, eventually went to GCSU in Milledgeville, became a leader in our college campus ministry there, became a focused missionary after college, 
Uh, and then after that, uh, being a focused missionary for two years at a school called Uwe Pui in Indianapolis. Uh, that was great. Yeah. I ended up being in seminary here in the archdiocese for three years, um, but discerned that the Lord was not calling me to the priesthood. So then I actually moved back to Indianapolis for more, more purgatory time in the Midwest <laughs> over the winters. But also, oh um, it was just, it was great. I felt, started uh, doing parish ministry and we started doing street evangelization there. and fell in love with this ministry and, and now I've been working for this ministry full time since 2017. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's been a long time. Since I, know. I, I did time in Kokomo. So. Oh, great. Mm. I um, was in Evansville. So we're oh, that's <laughs> okay. For our listeners who had to ask, like I had to ask Brian, what is Uwe Pui? It is a place of higher education. That is where you go if you want to go to college. Indiana to to University, <laughs> Purdue University, Indianapolis. That's it. Yes. It's a combo yes. college a combo in downtown. College in I specifically yes. wrote on my focus mission application, I was like, please send me a school with a big football program, like anywhere in the South. And of course, they were like, no, we're not listening to this guy. We're sending him. <laughs> but it was amazing. I could not have imagined being sent anywhere else because uh, it was absolutely incredible few well you still there. get a degree from indiana university so it's, it's <laughs> bragging rights well he was serving, there. He I was serving as a missionary so it's interesting clarence um had marriage encounter captured brought him in captured his heart and yours was life teen right oh, so correct. yeah it's amazing the ministries we do have within um within the church and how they how god works in miraculous beautiful ways i hear hearing that a message to parents get your kids to the ministries no matter what they that's, say, what, right? I'm, that's, that's what, what i'm that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying exactly so those are like two awesome faith walks and if it stopped right there arguably you know good deal right good stuff but you guys have really taken it to another level and and maybe brian just given your scope of responsibility give us like a thumbnail sketch of this whole concept of saint paul street evangelization right that feels like your faith walk on steroids right yeah and so many people ask like you know we i think there's this awakening in the church that we know we need to evangelize and evangelization i think carries so much um perhaps weight or heaviness that that maybe doesn't necessarily need to be there fear uh we know yeah and perhaps fear um but you know, we believe we really have something great in our faith, uh, you know, something that the world can never offer, you know, a relationship with God himself, our creator. And it's not because anything that we did, but because he loves us. I mean, it's just the most amazing story in the world. And we just have this opportunity to be able to not just keep that to ourselves, but to bring that to others. Um, and I will even say doing street evangelization, I think, is easier than evangelizing close friends and family. <laughs> I think for those who are nervous about it, I think there's actually a little, you know, different nuances to it. But I, I think it's talking to those on the street. So that, but I would say the mission specifically of St. Paul's street evangelization is really to be a bridge from the street to the parish. Hmm. You know, we want to help people become disciples. We really want to help people come to know and fall in love with Jesus Christ. And sometimes that may be. Uh, by planting seeds and other other times that could be by walking them into our CIA. And I know Clarence himself has some incredible stories about young men on campus who have become Catholic because of his time there. Um, and so I would say, yeah, the mission of St. Paul Street Evangelization, as our founder Steve Dawson would say, is the mission of the church, um, mm. which is, you know, to, uh, to, to evangelize. And Clarence has got some great stories, and we are going to get to those later in um, our time together. But it's also fascinating for, for people to understand the approach. You know, as you said, this is to plant seeds. This is this bridge between the street and the, and the parish. Clarence, you've, 
you do this quite a bit. Obviously, you're out there three days a week, 20 different colleges in four different states. How is the St. Paul Street evangelization approach um, to evangelization itself um, different from maybe some other ones that you see out there on the streets? How is your approach different? Well, like at the colleges, there uh, some of the colleges have quite a few organizations. They might have a lot of student organizations, and they set up and have a maybe a canopy and and the students come to them. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we set up as well, but we reach out like we the main tool we have is to offer a rosary. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and other things can be used uh, and other techniques. So I I usually uh, offer. Would you like a free rosary? And I have a a, a pack of rosaries in my hand, and multicolors and stuff. Uh, that's particularly how I do it. And they uh, can choose uh, what they like. And but if it doesn't uh, strike them right away, like would you like a free rosary? It may be foreign to them. They may not even know what it is. Uh, I might say you know what it is and explain it, or I might say do you go to church. Or, or uh, where do you go? Do you like your church? Uh, and uh, or I might, we just draw a conversation. Or I might say, uh, do you think we should all be Catholic like me or Baptist like you? And and that gets us into a discussion like of of how to pick a church and so all kinds of ways mm-hmm. of uh, approaching. Mm-hmm. But basically, we talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, but our initial thing is offering a rosary for most of the evangelists, and 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 then. Uh, uh, there, there's a few uh, uh, street preachers that have a megaphone and, and are judgmental and stuff, but uh, that's not the approach uh, we take. And as we spend a, a few minutes with a student, they realize that this is quite friendly and, uh, and is quite safe. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they're free to dialogue. And we'll also have... Uh, have uh, uh, you know, maybe uh, a Protestant uh, approaches, and and they're looking to uh, talk us out of the Catholic faith mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. their formation. Mm-hmm. So that goes well because uh, we offer scriptures and so on, and and mm-hmm. it goes goes very well. So yeah, yeah, I love yeah. that. As I'm sitting, I'm yeah. I'm flashing back many many years ago uh-huh. to my college experience, and you're right. I I never saw any Catholic evangelist, and but it sounds like yours is very friendly, safe. You're offering a gift. Mm-hmm. You're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You're giving them a chance to talk. Mm-hmm. All I remember was Sister Cindy and Brother mm-hmm. Jed mm-hmm. coming like two or three times a year mm-hmm. and shouting at us all over a microphone and telling mm-hmm. us, I can't even say the words on the air, what they were saying mm-hmm. that we were. It was really bad. It was mm-hmm. not anybody you would want to approach. You wouldn't mm-hmm. even want to get near them. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is you're offering them to come closer, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. And the, the Catholics that come to us or that are on the campus ministry or they're just so grateful to see us, uh, and because yeah. of all the other organizations, they like having their their Catholic family there, Represent. yeah. and they're very pleased. And so, yeah, a nice partnership. Yeah. But I got to imagine, uh, Brian, that in this, you almost offer some pretty good training, though, because just to say, here, go grab a rosary and go talk to somebody, <laughs> that'd be very a, a very daunting task. Wow. So, how would you explain your wow. training? You just summed it up. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds a lot like work. Wow. Wow. You want to come work for St. Paul's. There you go. There you go. (laughs) Here's a rosary. Go talk to somebody. We just see a flame of the Holy Spirit over Clarence's head. So all you had to do is tell him to give out rosaries and the Holy Spirit took over. Is that what you're saying? Well, I I will say it is a little bit more than that, but that that is the nuts and bolts of it because I think 
so many of us think that we need a theological degree to be able to go out yeah. there and have these conversations, yes. or I'm afraid I'm going to be asked a question that I might know, not know the answer mm -hmm. to. And so, of course, yeah, let's let's work on some apologetic training and not apologetics so you can win the argument. But what we always say is apologetics is to be able to open the heart, you know, mm. to the truth. Like, how do we how do we move past, you know, any roadblocks that someone may have and use apologetics in that format instead of like, let's go out there and win. And yeah. like, let's let's beat people in some theological arguments. That's not the goal. Um, so to expand on what Clarence was saying is uh, if you can imagine what we tell our evangelists is our training is to listen First, listen, befriend, proclaim, invite. Uh, so the, the first two, uh, what we would call is pre-evangelization. Um, and so when we say we're going out there to evangelize, we're not just going out there necessarily to have conversations. We do want to share the gospel message. We do want to invite them to the Catholic Church, but we also recognize that we have to meet them where they're at, you know, in their humanity and listen to their needs and where they're coming from in their own faith background first. Yep. So that's, that's the training that St. Paul Street Evangelization provides. It's like, how do you ask good questions? Uh, and there's multiple ways. So like how specifically do we get trained? Um, I know for myself, uh, before I started working for St. Paul Street Evangelization, I mentioned I was working in Indianapolis. I had a parish that was downtown. So there was a lot of foot traffic nearby. So it was a great parish uh, to do this ministry. And we actually invited uh, Adam Jenke, who was working for the Apostle at the time, to come and lead what he calls a basic evangelization training. Now, this is when you were at Focus. This is actually, yeah, I know I'm getting it perhaps mixed up on the timeline, but I was with Focus, and I was in seminary with Archdiocese, and I moved back You're to back, Indianapolis. Gotcha, gotcha, okay. And I worked at that downtown parish, um, St. John's. Very, very beautiful. Um, it, I think it actually may be a hub for the Eucharistic revival this summer that's okay. going to be in Indianapolis. So was so blessed uh, to be there and be part of that community. Uh, and so I knew as the, a missionary for evangelization, I wanted to implement street evangelization, street evangelization to be part of that. So I invited, I was like, who better than St. Paul Street Evangelization? So the diocese actually sponsored them to do this training. Um, and then, so it was just one day, you know, and how much can you really do in one day to teach people how to ask good questions, give away a rosary, how do you listen, befriend? Uh, and then teach them the basics of the gospel message, how to be able to share the gospel if given the opportunity, and also invite them to church. Um, and so it was a brief one-day training. And then we said, okay, let's go out there and do it. So we gave them rosaries, and we started walking <laughs> around. You know, and it's like it, I, that training, you know, how much did it really prepare them for that, for that day? I'm sure it gave them, you know, a, a, that little bit of competence that they may have needed and perhaps encouragement and perhaps stories of, that, that they needed to hear, like, I can do this. And, of course, God always does great things whenever we're out there and available yeah. to him. I mean, I could, yeah, again, just dive into So he doesn't so many call shows. the equipped, he equips the called? Is that what you're trying oh, to wow, say? Oh, wow, that's a great quote. That's it. Okay, I'm just making sure. <laughs> that's it. How do you go wrong when your weapon, because folks have talked about the rosary being a weapon, and mm -hmm. I'm like, you bet it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you betcha. Right, how do you... How do you go wrong with that? The Blessed Mother mm -hmm. will, 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 will look and protect. Yeah. So when we come back from the break, there's some things that, that, that we'll talk about, but it would be good to understand just a little bit more detail, like what are the a couple things that really have been have worked well for y'all um, to, mm -hmm. to, to really get somebody's attention? Yeah, yeah. welcome in. Yeah. yeah, so stay tuned. We will be back here in the family room with Brian and Clarence from St. Paul Street Evangelization. We'll be right back in the family room, sponsored by Versprite, right after this. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. This is Father Kevin Peake. 
a priest of the Archdiocese of Atlanta, and this is my favorite prayer, the breastplate of St. Patrick. Let us pray. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Abby Johnson used to manage the largest Planned Parenthood facility in the United States. One day, she was asked to fill in while a physician performed an ultrasound-guided abortion. She was shocked to see the baby moving away from the doctor's surgical instruments. After seeing this, Abby realized telling mothers that their baby was just a blob of tissue was a lie. This was a living human being trying not to get torn apart in their mother's womb. Seeing the reality of abortion changed Abby, and she was never the same. The truth not only motivated her to leave Planned Parenthood, but to also become an activist in the pro-life movement. Abby started the ministry, and then there were none, to help abortion workers like herself leave the industry with financial and emotional support. Be like Abby and boldly share the truth about abortion. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Hi, this is Teresa Tamio, host of Catholic Connection, heard every morning right here on this station. And we are so grateful for your listenership. And now's the time that we come to you to ask also, in addition to your listenership, your financial support. Of course, we always ask you to pray for us, most importantly, but we do need your financial partnership. Now, most of these stations have very small staffs, of course, because we're not rolling in the dough, obviously, because we are in this. This is a mission field effort. But the bottom line is... This is your home, and we're always here for you. Thanks to our friends at EWTN, our programming is provided free of charge, but this station has other expenses that must be paid to keep the doors open and the lights on. Support of your local Catholic radio station helps keep shows like this one, Catholic Connection, available in your area. No matter the amount, your gift works to make a difference for you, for others, and for the future of our Catholic radio family. Please prayerfully consider making a gift right now, and we'll talk to you soon. To donate, log on to thequestatlanta.com. Hello, this is Father Joe Wagner, a priest of the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Thank you for listening to your Atlanta Catholic Radio AM 1160 The Quest. God bless you. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig. Sponsored by Verse Sprite on AM 1160, The Quest. We're here with Clarence Burkholder and Brian Lee talking about the St. Paul Street evangelization uh, ministry that they do. And uh, before we went to break, John was talking about some of their experiences, which we'll get to. But before we do, we'd really like to hear an experience from a family room memory. And I think, uh, Brian, you wanted to share one of your thoughts. Yeah, I do. Uh, I love this question. So for me, I mentioned in my testimony that I am the fourth of six kids. And I know we just moved past the the Christmas season. We're already preparing for Lent. But if I could bring people back to Christmas just for a little bit longer, I want to hold on to it as long mm-hmm. as I can. Uh, <laughs> but my favorite family room memory, without a doubt, is every every Christmas walking down into our family room with all of us kids. So staying up all night, playing board games with my brothers and sisters, then walking down Christmas morning, waking up my parents at 4.30 a.m. because we, <laughs> we see a crack of dawn and it is time to get up. Uh, every Christmas morning was just absolutely full of joy and chaos of us uh, just opening presents. And we do become a little bit more orderly as we go older. So my dad actually had 
one of those giant VR you know recorders I think that you put a cassette in to record mm -hmm. yep. uh, and as a high school gift to them I actually took all of those and made them into a DVD so I'm showing my age but uh, and to this day it's one of our favorite things to watch as a family growing up we actually all you know tear up just thinking of the incredible joy and memories we have growing up and the most specific thing that we all opened up together in 1996 uh, my grandmother um, she wasn't with us in person but she was on the phone and they, my parents had a gift for her and they gave to the family, opened it up and it was a Nintendo 64. Oh. And I have, I, I have, my dad was filming it. So this is like the end of my video, which was amazing. It's like all the brothers were, we all just like tackle each other. <laughs> <excitement>. <laughs> we all tackle each other on the couch. And then I think my little brother grabs it and we literally all like pick him up and we carry him like into like the a room. victory march. Yes. <laughs> Yes, and so just um, just amazing uh, how you know my we we didn't have you know many gifts throughout the year. I think even birthdays, you know, we did always did like a Dairy Queen cake, but it wasn't very big. So Christmas Day was always our moment to be able to get cool. some Sounds amazing like a lot of gifts. Joy. Yes, and so much joy within the family. That's great. As you're smiling, telling the story, I love that. <laughs> so we were talking uh, right before the break and share with us some of the experiences you had that either left just a, a powerful impact on you or maybe some encounters that are particularly memorable. I'd love to. Okay. I've had many encounters and I, I don't remember a lot of the, the good ones, but I remember some. And uh, there's uh, one young gentleman I met at uh, Georgia State. He said later that he saw me and he thought, well, this won't take long, I can debunk him. It would have been a Protestant, you know. And he said, it won't take long. And so we spend maybe an hour or more together. And I was knocking them out one by one with uh, scripture. Then later, I met him again at UGA. And he was progressing along in his Catholic faith. And then later... So he became I, Catholic. He, oh, yeah. Yeah, wow. he did. Didn't Not take long. Didn't take long. Just knock that out. <laughs> yeah. we'll just knock it right out. Here we go. Where yeah. do I sign? Yeah, and, and not only him... Then in uh, Georgia Gwinnett College, I met his sister, and his sister walked by, and she says, I looked, and she says, I think that's them that are talking to my brother. And she come over and talked to me, and she said, we're both in RCA. Wow. And, and then I met them later, and uh, they were both in RCA, and I know he would go home and share with his family, so his parents also were hearing the faith, Catholic faith all the time. So it was, it was interesting. It went from... Uh, he was going to convert me to being so excited about the Catholic faith. That he started to convert the rest of his family. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Isn't that the way evangelization works, right? You know, yes. you share the yeah. good news and then they go share the good news and so yes. on and so on. Yes, yeah. with, and usually with excitement. Yeah. You know, the Catholic faith is exciting when you get caught into it. Another one story is at Georgia State Dunwoody campus. There was a young gal that uh, I talked with, and we talked about her meeting me at Mass. Mm -hmm. And she did. And she brought her husband and children. And I, we sat sort of to the back, and I sat behind them and would whisper to them what's happening. She was very, like, uh, drawn in. And um, I told her about uh, how to handle communion, and she wanted to walk forward and cross her arms. Mm. And so it was a very uh, rich experience for them. And so th that was wonderful. 
Could I ask one question? Because yes. this is this goes back to what we were talking about, like early on in the show. One of the things that surprised me was like I was ready for you to share some very difficult scenarios where where it was a bad encounter, and mm-hmm. and you had comments on the frequency of bad encounters. Yes, we have a, rarely have a bad encounter. Yeah. They're hard to find, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's probably because we're non-combative and we're friendly, mm-hmm. and love is is what happens, mm-hmm. and so uh, so they might be a little combative in their heart, like mm-hmm. like this gentleman I was talking to you, mm-hmm. but the conversation wasn't that way, you know, because we uh, were kind. He even said uh, he would approach me with a uh, topic to corner me, and then I would pull out a scripture that contradicted him but it was very friendly yeah and and he was uh very taken back and a lot of students after the engagement will say i need to look into this more yeah what they're saying it's all foreign it's new and it seems so right I need to look into it. Mm. So, so I'm going to ask a question, yeah. though, because if I'm a listener sitting here saying, well, you're deba- not debating, but you're having a conversation, bringing up Scripture. I don't know Scripture that well. Mm-hmm. So that, that I'm not equipped to go do that. So how would you mm. answer somebody that said, yep, sorry, not ready for that? Yeah, that's a great question. So we even have many stories. Um, just to name a few, there was one team that was actually in Gettysburg, Maryland, They set up there and they literally just set up a table and there's a sign that actually would say prayer station and they have rosaries and medals. So it's pretty obviously Catholic. And there was a woman who just parked and saw them, didn't even say a word. And she said, that's it. I'm coming back (laughs) to the church. She was like, this is this is the sign I needed. That was her like exact quote. Like, this is the sign I needed. And she went to a restaurant and then she came out and like bought all the people there like restaurant gift cards, like thanking them for bringing her back to the church without even saying a word. So, yeah, that was amazing. We also have a story, our team in Lincoln, who was evangelizing at a farmer's market there, and they were just giving away rosaries and medals. And they're, uh, so not every time, I mean, I mentioned our method is listen, befriend, proclaim, invite. And, Mm -hmm. you know, very practically when doing street evangelization doesn't always carry into a conversation. Sometimes you give them a medal or a rosary and and they're walking by and we always give it, whenever we do that, we give a pamphlet on how to pray the rosary, as well as a card that explains what the miraculous medal is. So even if they're just walking by and they take it, they at least have an idea of what what it is that they're taking. Uh, But um, a young child really took to the rosary. And so it was like their parents who grabbed the rosary and the child was with was actually adopted. Um, They adopted him from Africa and they seemed like they had some familiarity with the rosary. And so they ended up looking into it and in the adoption agency, yeah, actually, yeah, he comes from like, you know, a a Catholic background, but they were like, well, you know, was he ever baptized or anything like that? And they said, no, we don't have any records of that. And they were like, you know what? Like, we should honor, like, his heritage. So this family that wasn't religious or even Catholic ended up taking this little boy that they had adopted. um, And they got him baptized. And later, as he became even older, they were like, we should, you know, take him to Catholic school. And so they actually went to go sign him up for Catholic school. And the sister there that was registering them for the school there was a poster behind her that said RCIA. They're like, what's RCIA? And they're like, oh, that's you know what we invite people to attend for to initiate them in the Catholic faith. And they're like, you can become Catholic? No joke. <laughs> oh my God. They're like, you can actually become Catholic? So she's like, yes. <laughs> would you be interested in that? And they're like, you know what, we would be. And so this entire family actually ended up 
coming through RCA. Now, it, it wasn't necessarily even a conversation with one of our teams. And the only way we actually found out about this is the family, um, after they entered the church, the, the newspaper wrote an article about it in their diocesan newspaper. Oh, wow. And they actually quote and mention how St. Paul Street Evangelization is where they found that first rosary yeah, and kind okay. of was the, the seed of this journey. Um, and then we later brought that back to our team. So this was like years later that we ended up finding out about this story. But it's amazing how, yeah, was it a theological conversation? No, Clarence is very good. Clarence is a great apologist and he's very good uh, at, you know, br being able to have productive theological conversations that actually open the hearts of students. And what's amazing about what Clarence does with college campus ministry is they, they're really open to it. But in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, we always tell our evangelists that, you know, we have we have training and we want to be able to help you be able to navigate conversations around faith. But that's certainly, you know, God's going to be the one who does the work. Yeah. It's not you. You can't. Right. Yeah. You are not going to be the one no matter no matter what, even if you have, you know, the, the most amazing theological background in the world, you can't open a person's heart to Jesus. That has to be God. And so as long yeah. as you have that heart, the same like God, like use me in this time, like he does it. And so I just could, avail yourself to God's grace. Yeah. And just it's a, yeah. And it's it. a both. And I mean, God works with, the, you know, it's not like we can say, oh, well, I don't have to do any studying or anything like that at all. But like he meets you where you are. Like yeah. we always tell people if they want to get started with this ministry, you can even just be a bystander and just a prayer warrior. Like pray for those who maybe are doing like actively having conversations. Mm -hmm. That's great. Maybe mm -hmm. step forward and be willing to give away a few rosaries and medals today. Can we pray for you? Is it, we're just out here praying for people, you know, is there any way I can pray for you? Just even start by praying. It's not like you have to go out there like, I'm going to be this amazing apologist right off the bat. Give yourself grace to grow as an evangelist. And then, you know, God will continue to help give you the grace to, yeah. to be able, and he'll bring people forward who need, you know, who are, you're going to be able to reach where you are at. So two things have hit me in the conversation we just had. <laughs> She's on the edge of her seat. <laughs> I, I am, literally. One is, both in the story that you just told about this family who adopted the child from Africa, and then Clarence, in your story of starting to go to church with your wife, sometimes people don't even know they can become Catholic. Are we actually inviting people? Mm -hmm. Clarence, that's what you said. Nobody mm -hmm. invited you to become Catholic, and you yes. were open to yes. it, but yeah. nobody said anything. So come on, yeah. we can just at least, you don't have to be teaching RCIA, but you can know what the dates are and mm -hmm. <laughs> invite yes. somebody yeah. to RCIA, which is amazing. The yeah. other thing that hit me was, when Clarence said, he, he's so, you, Clarence, you were so humble. And, and we said, so do you have some stories? He goes, well, I don't remember a lot of them, really the good stories. And I was like, what does that mean? And what I realized was Clarence is planting seeds. So sometimes he doesn't know the end of all these amazing good stories, right? Because Clarence, mm -hmm. you're just there in obedience. And sometimes it's a five minute conversation. Sometimes, like you said, it's an hour, but you're just there being obedient, showing God's love, showing God's mercy, mm -hmm. opening, listening, mm -hmm. and you don't know the end of the story. And I know that you actually right. sent me an article that St. Paul Street Evangelization just did an article about a young man mm -hmm. who was received into the church. And Clarence goes, oh, he's one of the guys I talked yes. to. He, you didn't even yes. know that. Yeah. Very humble. Yeah. yeah, yeah, amazing. Yes. So many. Even one of our teams here yes. at St. Andrews, they were doing some evangelizing here in Roswell, mm -hmm. and they actually encountered somebody on the street that said, I became Catholic because of you guys. And it was uh -huh. like, because yeah. of us, we never meet. You. Like, no, there was a guy on the college campus. <laughs> and yeah. they were like, and so they reached out to me. He was like, did does Clarence even know that he had this impact on this person? So Clarence yeah. plants many seeds. Yes. Uh, and there's yes. many people who enter the church without uh -huh. Clarence even knowing. Yeah, and we have, we have a, a pamphlet saying, why be Catholic has the RCA process in. And I evolved to share that with many people that 
don't even seem interested. I just want them to know how to become a Catholic. Not yeah. to become, but how to. Yeah. And it's information. They don't yeah. know. And so some will join the RCA because they learn that that's available. We are here in the family room with Clarence Burkholder and Paul Lee, Brian Lee, sorry, I was looking at St. Paul, Brian Lee from the St. Paul Street Evangelization. You didn't say Bruce Lee, so that's No, I, that's good. That's good, yeah. I was, I was on, my brain was on St. Paul. So some of these people who come, they either, maybe they're Protestant, maybe, like you said in this other story, they don't have any faith background, but sometimes they're fallen away Catholics. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And what do you guys see is, what, what are some of the encounters or the biggest reasons that people have either left the church or maybe just lost hope i if you think about my experience my personal experience so one thing would be their heart hasn't been touched Mm. they've been formed but not their heart touched so yeah as we were saying earlier uh retreats are help at that uh it's a, a you know an opportunity for that to happen and so uh the other thing is uh like with college students it's evident that they leave their home, and they have to make up their own mind. And that can be risky area where they can go any direction, mm-hmm. you know. So, And, you know, you know, when I shared my experience with you, I said uh, I had a faith in my heart and a commitment to go to church, but I wasn't turned on. I wasn't on fire, mm-hmm. you know. And, and, you know, I was just trucking along. And so, so St. Paul Street Evangelization engaging them helps uh, the next step in the journey. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah, the, the only thing that I would add to that is, uh, you know, our method is listen, befriend, proclaim, invite. So it's hard to, to give like a broad swath as to why a particular person is going to be Catholic. And so it's, and we even tell people not to accept the label for a story. So people say like, I'm Protestant. And then we're just like, well, let me tell you why you should be like, why you're wrong and we're right or something. Let me tell you why you need to come into the fullness of the Catholic Church. Maybe they're a fallen away Catholic. Maybe they say they're Protestant, but they're not, they're really like living like an atheist. Like they don't even believe Mm -hmm. in God. So we're like, you have to really learn to ask questions to really hear uh, that part of listen in our training is like, listen to where they're at in their faith in God. And um, Mm -hmm. an amazing story that I had uh, in particular is I I was actually at a conference um, and thankfully it was was a Catholic conference and uh, there was, security that was nearby and you know we even for they're promoting our ministry it's not like i uh i always i still take advantage of the opportunity to do some evangelization so i could tell we had medals on our table we was looking and i i was like you know please feel free to take one would you like one, any of these medals he's like do you actually have a saint christopher medal and we do we had the saint christopher medal and we're like wow saint christopher that's a very unique you know ask you're the first person that directly me asked me for that it's like yeah well growing up my mom and grandmother used to pay to St. Christopher whenever we traveled. And I was like, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's wonderful. So you grew up Catholic. He's like, yeah. And I'm like, are you still, if you don't mind me asking, are you still like practicing? Are you still Catholic? He's like, no, not anymore. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, are you practicing anything at this point? And he said, you know what? I've really gotten into Buddhism. And <laughs> I still said, like, so again, as an evangelist, I still just want to know why. I was like, so what, what is it about Buddhism? He's like, well, I really like the aspect of forgiveness in Buddhism. And then that's when I, I, I didn't really lose it, but in a joking way, I was like, forgiveness in Buddhism. <laughs> like the Christian and Catholic message is all about mercy and forgiveness and love. And so I was like, you know, I was like, we're here. And I was like, when's the last time you went to confession? I was like, if you're looking for mercy, if you're looking for true forgiveness, like you're going to find it in confession. Mm-hmm. Like when's the last time you went? It's like, I can't even remember the last time. I was like, is you know is it okay would you even consider we have so many priests around here 
if there was one that was willing to hear your confession, would you be willing to go? And he said yes. <gasps> wow. And so wow. I and so run. this was a security guard, you This said. is a security guard running the conference. Yeah. So I run. I was like, you stay here. <laughs> I'm going to go. And so the first priest I run into, I'm like, Father, you're not gonna, I ran into the security guard. Would you mind? Do you have a few minutes to hear his confession? He's like, I'm on the way to say mass for the entire conference. <laughs> it's like, we're, so but, what? <laughs> and so, but what he said is, I think he would have done it, but there were, there were so many other Catholic priests that were around and I think he wanted to, to stay on schedule. It's like, I was, I was like, Father, I understand, you know, I, can, I can, can't walk two more steps without finding another Catholic priest. So I go find another one and he says, yes. Yeah. So he comes with me and thankfully the security guard was still like at the table and he goes, um, and he has his confession heard. And then afterwards, I said, like, how do you feel? He's like, I feel light as a feather. Mm. And I was like, praise God. I was like, this is, this is not mm. the end. Like, this is just like the beginning of your journey. Like, that, what you just experienced is true mercy and forgiveness, yes. yeah. you know, mm -hmm. in your soul. Uh, and, you know, got him connected mm -hmm. to a local people at a local Catholic church. Like, really wanted him to not just say, great, you went to confession, that's it. But just say this is an amazing start to your journey. Like this that's is, the kind of stuff that can happen when you just put yourself no, out there. No, it's great because it's such a time when we had Father Bartunic on the show, and he did his book on I'm spiritual but not religion, mm -hmm. yeah. religious. And when people say that, instead of jumping down their throat, asking them a question, what is it about being yeah. spiritual that you like or are drawn to? And I like that because we've talked about it too plenty of times. You know, Christ was engaged a ton with questions, but he never typically responded with direct mm -hmm. answer. He kept asking questions to draw them out, which mm -hmm. I love. I love that because I'm awful at that. <laughs> well, I can ask a lot of questions, but I want to debate. Well, I think the other convicting part of your message is, do we believe in the power of our sacraments, right? Or or do we just see it as something we have to check the box? Oh, wait, it's Saturday. I guess I'm supposed to go mm -hmm. to reconciliation or it's right. Advent or Lent right. or whatever. Right. But recognizing you, recognizing that the power in the sacrament of reconciliation, the Holy Spirit is there. Jesus is there. That is so powerful. It's such a healing. It's a healing um, gift for people. Yes. So yeah. that's so cool. And the only, yes. the, just the last little bit that I want to add is, so, so many people here were, well, we're non-confrontational. Well, they think like if you see Jehovah Witnesses on the street now, they're like ten feet behind their little billboard and like just stand there still and don't say anything. Mm -hmm. You know, that's not our necessarily our ministry. We we train our evangelists to be able to be forward, give something away, have conversations, mm -hmm. and to not be mm -hmm. afraid to engage people. And even though we mm -hmm. engage people, we still even invite people deeper and ask them, mm -hmm. you know, don't hit me, but when's the last time you went to confession? <laughs> like, like we train them like yeah. to be forward and like, you know, sharing the gospel, inviting mm -hmm. people back mm -hmm. to the church. Uh, mm -hmm. But we also say, you know, don't do it in a way that's where we're just mm -hmm. gonna antagonize them. So I think yeah. there's there's a nuance there. And this, uh, this ministry is world evangelization. It's like we're around the whole world because we talk to all kinds of people, Buddhists, atheists, agnostics, Jews, Christians, uh, I mean, uh, Catholics, Orthodox, uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Protestants, and Muslims. We talk to them all. Right. It's very, very successful. Yeah. So, Mari, I want to put a little different spin on what you said. So do we really believe in the efficacy of our sacraments and, and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit there? The other question I think uh, that might be good to ask, and, and perhaps just an introspection, is like, do we really believe that we have what it takes to do this? Because, Craig, you and I have talked about this topic where, like, we, as, as business people, we're equipped and we have certain skills. As I listen to what you said about listen, befriend, proclaim, invite, it would not be a huge leap to take those words and apply them to what we teach people mm -hmm. from a selling skills perspective. Yeah. It would not be a huge leap 
to negotiation skills, right? So as we have honed our skills professionally, God has perhaps prepared us in a way we haven't given him credit for. So mm-hmm. what are some things maybe that you could offer as recommendations for those of us out there that might have skills we just don't even realize? And what mm-hmm. could we do to, to be better for this? Yeah, I mean, the only thing I'll say is our apostolate, I don't need more people evangelized like me, like Brian Lee. I, need, I want people to be able to use the gifts that God has given them. And that listen, befriend, proclaim, invite, it's just a template. And it's not necessarily like you must say this every right. single time you go out. Use like your personality, be authentic. Mm-hmm. People might approach the conversation and evangelization different ways, and that is definitely okay. We always, I love having teams with both men and women on them because I think uh, it definitely brings like this um, just more uh, opportunity for people to see how evangelization can be done. I think men and women approach street evangelization differently in both really great, great ways. How can we support your ministry better and also? What additional resources would you like to share with our listeners? Yeah, I think if there's one website, it's very easy. StreetEvangelization.com is where everybody can go to learn more about our ministry. And what's nice, if you go to StreetEvangelization.com, you'll see right at the top of the page, there's an I want to evangelize. And if you click on that button, you'll be able to see all of our 212 teams, not only in the United States, but around the world. Uh, and be able to see if there's a team near you. And if not, that means God's calling you to start a team. So <laughs> go ahead and, um, you know, we have an opportunity for you to, to come to one of my uh, come and sees that I went through Zoom uh, to be able to learn more about that. And there's also, I want to learn to evangelize. It takes you to our website, evangelizationschool.com, where you can learn all about, the, I mentioned that training that we do. We offer it in person. We also have on-demand courses on that website. So that's also a wonderful resource for people to be able to go to. Uh, how can we pray for you and how can we support you guys? Yeah, please pray for all of our teams that are going out and doing this work of evangelization. We know we have, we ask convents and anybody that would be willing to pray because we know uh, this ministry does not depend on us. It, it depends on our availability, but it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily, the, the hearts that open to Jesus are not going to be because yeah. of us. So we need people praying for us. So please pray for our teams who are going out and, and those we speak with. And those we speak with as well yeah. because... Yeah. Uh, that the seeds planted will bear fruit. Yeah. And can you donate yeah. on your website? Yeah. Can people you can. If they want to? Okay. Yes. Yeah. It, a big smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am sorry. No, <laughs> no we, uh, of course, I've been telling everybody uh, right now, a lot of what I do um, is run through Zoom and through phone calls. And I would love to have more of an in-person presence around the country and around the world. And so in order to continue to grow this ministry, to see more Catholics out there evangelizing, we have what's called the St. Paul Society that if you choose to join, you get access to the website, you get discounts on all of our evangelization materials and support a wonderful ministry for the church. And I know that Clarence wanted to, we'll put it in our show notes, but Clarence was willing to share his email because you will take people. So if you're in the Atlanta area, yes. you can go with Clarence to these local colleges and he yes. will take you. So we'll get that in our show they, notes. They can. And I also have a daily devotion of stories, little nuggets that help teach them how to evangelize. And, and we'll put so, that link yeah. as well. Perfect. All right, good. Yeah. Okay. Would you be willing to close us in prayer? So I'd be happy to do that. And it's going to be not a long person. <laughs> the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord Jesus, bring us our loved ones, and those we speak with, closer to the heart of your Father. Amen. 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 The Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Clarence and Brian from St. Paul Street Evangelization, thank you so much for being with us today. Listeners, we always appreciate you. Please join us here again in the family room next week where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room. Sponsored by Versprite. 
For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com. 